That's the thing. We have all these stresses and failures and triumphs and journeys and all of these things we're going through as as creatures of this life. And if we can't share it with other people, then why are we even here? It's it's the beauty of life is sharing all of that with other people. You are more than a lawyer. You are a powerhouse. Welcome to Powerhouse Lawyers. I'm your host, Erin Gurner, a former lawyer, wife, mom, entrepreneur, and coach. And I'm here to show you what's possible. So if you're ready, let's go. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Powerhouse Lawyers podcast. I am your host, Erin Gurner, and I am so excited you are here. I just want to say thank you for being here. I think last week we maybe dropped our 19th episode at the time of this recording. And if you have been with me since episode one, or if you just started listening, I just am so honored that you are here. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Powerhouse Lawyers podcast. And in that light, Really, the whole point of the Powerhouse Lawyers podcast, the ethos of why I even started this podcast to begin with, is to build and facilitate and foster community connection among women in the law. And in that light, I want to start sharing more about myself so we can get to know each other. Essentially, when you plug into this podcast and you take time out of your day to listen to me or my guests. I want you to feel like you're plugging into a fellow sister in the law, a friend, someone who gets you, someone who understands what you're going through each and every day. So let's get to know each other on this podcast going forward. And I'm just going to start sharing about my life a little bit. So I mentioned maybe back in episode one that this time last year, we moved out to the country. We left Dallas. We moved about an hour east and we are in the middle of the country in small town, Texas. And I am not originally from Texas, you guys. I am from South Carolina. We did not do Friday night lights. This was not a thing for us, but I am in the full mix of Friday night lights right now, learning what a mom is. We've painted overalls. People have a machine called a Cricut that prints out all of these beautiful letters and designs. I, that is not where I shine. I mean, crafts are not where I shine, but I am embracing it. It is actually really fun. These are the years that I remember so much in my life with my mom traveling, like going to tennis tournaments, playing sports. And so now that the girls are old enough and that's what we're doing, I'm just trying to embrace it. But I will not lie. We are in a super small town and tomorrow night is the homecoming parade. They like shut down the whole town. It's going to be like a whole whole thing. But I got out of the big city last week, which is actually going to segue a little bit into what we're going to talk about today. But I got out of the I got into the big city and got out of the small town last week and went drove into Dallas for the 22nd annual Women in Business Conference. Oh my goodness. I preach all the time about getting in rooms, putting yourself, you know, around the table and in the rooms with other women who are doing what you want to do, who are going where you want to go. And I was so honored that my friend Amber Russell invited me to this amazing event. She was a um, moderator on the panel and also a big sponsor of the event. And y'all, there were over 600 
women in business there. When you get in rooms with people and with women who are ambitious and who are going places and who are doing the do, especially on a magnitude like that, that is where you find a community, connection, inspiration, motivation. And it really is a reflective mirror that shows you like, hey, by the way, in case you forgot, you're a badass too. All these women just showed you that. And so now after you walk out of this room, you are fueled to the max with that energy, with that knowledge, with that belief. And now you've made all these new connections and friends at this event. Because when you go to events like that, I'm not going to lie, it's almost easy to er, to talk to people at events like that because it takes out all the weird awkwardness because everyone is there to just meet people. That's what it is, is women meeting women. And so we're social creatures. And so we just, you know, go right up to each other and start talking. And it was, it was honestly, it was so amazing. And that is, again, just another note and please file it away in your filing cabinet that if you are not taking time out of your life and your schedule to connect and to form community and connection with other law-minded women, ambitious women, whether it's entrepreneurs, if you own your own business, you're doing yourself a disservice. We can't do this life alone, which really actually segues into the main topic that I wanted to chat with you guys about today, and that's the importance of nurturing our relationships. And it really tags along perfectly with this concept of the importance of community and connection. I was actually sitting in church last Sunday, and this was kind of the topic of the sermon. They were talking about the necessity of creating margin and space in your life for finances, for time, and for most importantly, relationships. I was reading the other day, there's a Harvard study that's been going on, I don't know, since like the 1930s. And what that study found is the key to health and happiness and longevity and fulfillment of life is not money, is not power, is not time, is not a vacation. It is the fitness and the health of your relationships. Since the 1930s, you guys, this is not like new information. They have followed these people for generations and generations, and the data doesn't lie. Relationships are the key to your happiness but you have to work on them. I read this term the other day. I've never heard it before. It was called social fitness. I mean, they really will come up for a term with everything, but that is true. Relationships are a living, breathing being in your life and they need to be exercised. They need to be nurtured. You're not going to grow a garden if you never go out there and water it. The thing's going to be dead. So essentially, Taking care of the relationships in your life is really the ultimate form of self-care. Because just think how awesome you feel when you're around people. Like, I just go back to that event I went to on Friday. Like, I came out of there, and it took me, like, a couple hours to come, like, to settle down because I was just 
on fire after walking out of a room, just surrounding those women. I didn't talk to 600 people, but I was around all of that energy, all of that. And I was like, yes, it was just, it fills your soul up. I was reading this article that went along with this Harvard study and it literally said, you guys, listen to this. It said, loneliness kills. It is as powerful as smoking or alcoholism. Just think about that. The lack of connection or relationships in your life is just as deadly as alcoholism or smoking. That just goes to the core of how much we need people in our lives. And that's both your personal relationships, that's your family of origin, and that's also in your business and professional life, those relationships too. But what ends up happening? What ends up happening when we get busy? What's the first thing that goes by the wayside? First thing that goes by the wayside are your relationships. When you are super busy, you tell yourself that you don't have time for anything else, for people, for anything. And attorneys are infamous for this mindset. I cannot tell you how many women I've talked to, female attorneys who literally on paper are absolutely badasses and crushing it at life. And they're like, I don't have any friends. I don't really feel like I have any friends. Well, what happened is that when we get really, really busy, we don't take the time. We eliminate that that part of self-care. Lawyers are notoriously bad about self-care anyway, because we are by nature, very busy, high achieving people. So we're really bad at self-care. So if we're already not so awesome at self-care, probably it stands to reason that we're also probably not going to be super great about fostering the relationships in our lives. And we make the mistake of feeling like if we're already friends with someone, then that should be good enough, that that friendship just exists and it'll always be there and that you don't have to nurture it and you can just kind of leave it alone. That's a lie. That's a lie. You know as well as I do, the longer you're out of touch with someone, the longer and harder it feels like to go back to that relationship, right? Because we find ourselves canceling plans. I can't make it to dinner. I can't make it to that event. I can't make it to the soccer game. Oh, I'm going to be home at five today. Oh, I got home at 830 again. I missed the kids going down for bed again. I didn't call my mom this week. I really meant to call her. All of those relationships over time, you stop, you start neglecting because you're so busy and you let your schedule control your life. You're distracted. You're not present. Find yourself irritated with the people in your life. And you just keep saying, well, when this gets better, when this case is over, when this is finished, when, when I make this much money, when we get this, when this slows down, we're never getting more time back, people. We're never getting any more time back. And if relationships are the key to our happiness and our, and our fulfillment and our joy and the longevity of our lives, then we've just cut ourselves off at the, what do you cut yourself off at the ankles? Is that what it's, I don't know what the saying is. I might've just messed that up. So let's ask a couple questions of ourselves because you might be listening to this and saying like, Aaron, it's really easy for you to say, let's foster relationships. Like, I don't have time to just go have cocktails with my girlfriends on a Thursday. Like, I just don't have time for that. Okay, fair enough. Maybe you don't have time for that. But there are things you 
do have time for. When we start telling ourselves a story about what is not possible, our brain is going to believe whatever we tell it. Our brain's here to keep us safe and it believes whatever we tell us, whatever we tell it. So if you decided that this is hard and you don't have time for it and it's really not worth it and you don't really feel like it, then it's not going to be. But if you start telling yourself a different story and recognizing the importance of being in relationships and being close to your family of origin and being there for the things that you say that you're going to be there for and being accountable and showing up for the people that you love and letting them know that you love them because you need them too. So let's ask ourselves a couple questions about how we're showing up in this world. Are you chronically absent from important events? Do you miss soccer games? Are you home late every night? Are you at the office on Saturdays and Sundays? Are you on your phone when you are home? You're just constantly missing things. Do you repeat the promises? The second thing is, do you repeat promises to yourself and to others that you're always going to do better? Like I just said, when this case closes, when this client does this, when I get this check, when I get this job, when we move, when so-and-so does this, are you always, always promising that you're going to do better? And third, are you always pointing to a future time, which really piggybacks off of the last one? Are you chronically absent from important events? Do you repeat promises to do better? And are you always pointing to a future when X happens, when Y happens? And if you found yourself saying yes to any of those questions, I first and foremost just want to say it is okay. We're not going to shame ourselves and beat ourselves up for being a bad mom, for being a bad wife, for being a bad daughter, for being a bad fiance or partner or whatever it is. None of that is true. That is also a lie. We're not going to beat ourselves up or shame ourselves. We, that has got to stop. And that's, that's not healthy to do that to ourselves. So instead we're going to give ourselves compassion and grace and know that we have been doing the best that we can, but also realizing that When we know better, we can do better. And sometimes it takes listening to a podcast or a phone call from someone you love or some sort of event that happens in your day or your week that prompts you to think like, hey, I need to change. I have got to start fostering these relationships in my life. I feel lonely. I don't have anyone to call. I don't have anyone to share my life with. That's the thing. We have all these stresses and failures and triumphs and journeys and all of these things we're going through as as creatures of this life. And if we can't share it with other people, then why are we even here? It's it's the beauty of life is sharing all of that with other people. But I come across so many lonely, disenchanted attorneys who tell me that they're just on the hamster wheel of life and that's no way to live. You owe it to yourself and you owe it to your kids and your family and the people that you love to do better and to be better and to show up better for yourself. Your health demands it. Your life demands it. Your happiness demands it. So we're going to give ourselves compassion and grace for not doing it right or for Maybe we could have done something different and that's okay. Okay. So we live and we learn now that we know better, we do better. So what can 
We do. If you're sitting here listening to that and saying, Aaron, you're right. Like, whew, I've missed soccer games for the last however long. I'm always late. My wife and I are fighting. You know, the kids are like, daddy, you're always on your phone or mommy, you're always on your phone. Like, what can we do to start riding this ship? And I always say it's simple, small changes that have long reaching effects. So there's no need to panic that we're going to need to like totally alter our lives and all this kind of stuff. But we owe it to ourselves to get intentional about what is happening, our relationships, and what are things that we can change. And a lot of times people say, well, I don't even know where to start. What am I going to do? I've got a job. I've got the two kids. They've got soccer. I've got groceries. I've got laundry. And you start listing off all of these things, PTA, committee, I mean, whatever it is. And I always ask people if that's where you're starting to get messed up or blocked, let's start first thinking about what you want to eliminate. What is not working? What are the things that you know that is not working? Because you know what's not working. You know what's a shit show and what's not going right. So what are the things that are not working? That's the first place to start. We can eliminate those if that is not working. Okay, that is an area where we need to change. You know what's not working is this transition from 5 to 7 p.m. right here in my day. I really want those hours back. How can I now, what can I do to change that? Who can I call for help? Do I need to delegate something? Do I need to talk to my husband? Do I need to set better boundaries at work? Do I need to shut down my email at a certain time? What can you change about the things that are no longer working. The second thing, do a brain dump. I always say do a brain dump. That is the most cathartic thing you can do for yourself because overwhelm and stress and busyness lives in our head. So if we can get all of that on paper, you can actually see it down in written form and actually start to do something about it and start to take action on it. So vomit, word vomit that thing out and look on that paper and say, oh, that's not even mine. I can get rid of that. I don't need to do that. I can delegate that. This is a place where I need to ask for help. Maybe you need to have your groceries on automatic delivery. Maybe you're saving that 30 minutes, 30 minutes times seven days. That's a whole lot of extra time in your day. That's a dinner with friends. That's a networking event. That's connections with somebody you care about. That's dinner with your spouse. That's a soccer game, whatever it is. You start by looking at that list, and that is how you start creating space in your life and in your schedule is by getting it all on paper and start figuring out what's not working, what do you need to eliminate, what do you need to delegate, where do you need to ask for help with the caveat that it is okay. Life is a season. Just because you are asking for help delegating and eliminating, eliminating certain things in this season doesn't mean that it's going to be the way it is forever. But you owe it to yourself and your health and your happiness to foster and be intentional about your relationships. And the last point of um, recommendation that I have to help you clear your schedule is to time block, is to time block your schedule. If you do it on Sundays, if you need to, and if there are times that you have committed to be somewhere either for yourself, for your business, or for your family, that time needs to be blocked off the calendar. Everyone at the office needs to know that you are not available for that. And the boundary is if somebody comes to you and they need something, 
I can absolutely do that for you. I can get it to you in insert deadline that works for you. Boundaries are about you. And when you start time blocking and setting aside the time and giving yourself parameters, say, I'm going to work on this for two hours. I'm going to work on this for three hours. I'm blocking off my schedule here. That is how you start to create white space in your calendar. So I hope that that was a little bit of encouragement to accept the fact that, yes, we are very busy, high-achieving lawyers, and our schedule is crazy. Many of you listening to this um, have a family. That adds a whole nother layer of crazy and busy. But the data doesn't lie. The science doesn't lie. Relationships are the main key to happiness, fulfillment, health, and longevity of life. And we owe it to ourselves, even though we are busy, to nurture the relationships in our lives, to be present for the people that we love, to be accountable to the people that we love, to be accountable to our business, to put ourselves in the best position every single day so that we win the day and the day doesn't win us. So I hope that was very helpful for everybody. I am so excited to announce this this next part. So if you know me well, or you know when I graduated from law school, I graduated in 2005. That obviously dates me, but the movie Legally Blonde had just come out. I love that movie still, by the way. And I actually don't know many female lawyers who do not love that movie. I mean, if Reese Witherspoon, I just love the whole thing. So this came out while I was in law school and I had my hair color was blonde at that point. And I just think it's so, there's so many great points in that movie, but I think something that I resonate so much with and I try and carry forward in my life is just sometimes we have to laugh at ourselves and like just the craziness and like ridiculousness of life and what happens to us as lawyers and as women and moms or whatever, you know, space you're in right now. We just have to laugh sometimes because the alternative, what we do is shame ourselves and think that we've done something wrong and beat ourselves up for messing up. So I would love to start creating what's called Legally Blonde Moments. And it's a little segment that I'm going to start doing at the end of each podcast. Because again, we just need to laugh. Let's laugh together. We're not laughing at each other, but let's laugh together at the ridiculousness of this life and stuff that has happened in our legal career. There is stuff that has happened to me over the last however many years of practicing law and being an entrepreneur or whatever that is just hilarious. But I don't really have anyone to share those stories with. Being an entrepreneur is kind of sometimes a lonely place to be. And, you know, female lawyers are really starting to catch on to this community and connection piece. But like up until I started my own company and had powerhouse lawyers and really facilitated community and connection, I was forming it for myself because it was something I also really craved in my life. So I think it's a really great way that we can all just relate to each other. We can share hilarious stories. I mean, some of this stuff, you're just not going to go out to dinner with your like, you know, maybe your mom friends and like tell this ridiculous story about a client or a judge or this or that, like whatever it is. We're not going to tell that to like the regular people in our lives. So let's have Legally Blonde moments. I'm going to share the very first one with you. Um, this is actually one of my favorite stories ever. And my husband was present for this. So it was my 1L year. We were in contracts class. 
and it was the stadium seating situation. And it was the one where the chairs are attached and it like swings out to the left. And you know how sometimes you lean back in those chairs and they go back, like they're going to like lean back. Well, mine did that. And I kind of caught myself off balance and I fell out of my chair in the middle of contracts class on the very first day of contracts class, my 1L year. I mean, (laughs) y'all, it was hilarious. Maybe not as hilarious at the time because I was really mortified. Um, But I just love to tell that story because the other funny part of that story is my husband was sitting there next to his then roommate and they looked at each other and you know the the old law school adage, they're like, look to your right, look to your left, someone won't be here, whatever the hell it is. Well, they looked to each other and they were like, well, that chick over there, she's not going to be here long. She just fell out of her chair. Well, joke's on them. I made one of the highest grades in that class and continued on to graduate in the top 10% of my law school class. So that's my Legally Blonde moment on my on my first day of contracts class, my 1L year. So I look forward to continuing this segment. I think it's going to be a lot of fun and we're going to have a lot of laughs. I hope you enjoy the Legally Blonde segments that are to come. I think they're going to be a lot of fun. But I want to thank you again for tuning into the show I would love to know what you think about this week's show. And I would love to know, tag me on Instagram at Erin Gurner. I would love to know the one thing you are eliminating from your life this week, big or small. What is the one thing you are eliminating in your life this week to create more space for the relationships that mean the most to you? Thanks so much again for tuning into Powerhouse Lawyers, and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening into the Powerhouse Lawyers podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you catch your podcasts. If you loved this episode, I would be so honored if you left a review. And because I know you are the type of woman who wants to see other women win, be sure to share this episode with someone who needs it. By sharing it, you are empowering a fellow sister in the law to know that she is not alone, that there is nothing wrong with her, and that she can build a life and career that she loves. Thank you. See you next week.